Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Happy <laughs> <laughs> guys. Hello. Um, welcome to the pre-show. Now, hey, Russ, you see, you see the, the, the label has moved over to your head. I know. Yes, I moved the label. So you can see, see this beautiful visage right here. All, all of it. It's unpredictable. Yeah, like As is this, the lighting in my room. Oh, hold on. I can do this. I can I can do all kinds of things. Well, don't. Let's try to move you into a different spot. There we go. Keep moving, Mike, to the left. Can't keep, I can't. For some reason, I can't move many further. That, that, that's not that's not accurate. You have to move me to the right. <laughs> By the way, I I I was in my in my boredom. I was flipping through um, uh, Hulu this morning. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eck. And um, <laughs> no the uh, there was a documentary on Mike Wallace, who was you know. He's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting character. Obviously, yeah, I only know Chris Wallace. I never heard of Mike. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. And um, mm-hmm. he interviewed our current president back in like '82 or '83, like when Trump was like in his 30s. And when right. he asked him the question of, "Do you want to go into politics?" He's like, "No, of course not. No." I just found it like uh, completely. Yeah. I just laughed out loud because he was yeah. just so, he was so certain about that. And then thirty five years later, later he's president. So it's a okay. yeah. pre show. Go ahead, Russ. So the pre show is you know the NFLPA signs a uh, an agreement, a CBA, mm-hmm. and then Eric Reed, who who was a guy that was a holdout. Uh, I actually think he's a smart guy. I know some people tag him as a troublemaker because he was a holdout and he was kneeling during this anthem. I don't care about any of that. I only care that his lawyer seems to have allegedly found some verbiage in the new agreement that doesn't help the players on the back end of disability. Mm-hmm. And so he is saying they should void the agreement and good luck Reuters. Well, Reuters talked about it. You know, they, they published it. It will be very interesting to see what happens with this because again, this is a situation where this is a league that already has a bad reputation mm-hmm. for not taking care of players after the fact. And it took years and years and years right. and lawsuits and lawsuits and lawsuits just to get whatever the last agreement was. Well, I'll, I'll say this right now. Like I, I brought up the fact that he was the one linked to Kaepernick, not because I was like sort of outing him, but because I will bet you anything that the media – arm of the NFL that will get circulated out there very quickly to, to sort of knock him down in terms of he's a rabble rouser. He's a pain in the ass. That's what he is. Well, that's why the lawyer's doing it. Right. Because right, but his he, name was in that article that you sent me, his it name is, prominent. it is, but that's why the lawyer's sort of standing out because he's like, he's the one who's alleging the verbiage changed, right. changed from what the players saw to what was actually published afterwards. Right. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens with this because right now all leagues are going through similar things, not as severe, but like baseball, 
They came up with an agreement, players with service time. We've talked about that. Right. But they're all getting paid. Even minor leaguers are getting paid for a certain amount of time, even though the pay is all horrible, and it's always been horrible. Right. right. And, and and they're just getting paid anyhow. And, getting but, close to having to do this. Yeah, and, and we can sort of morph this into what I mentioned yesterday. And if uh, you should read uh, Pierre Lebrun's piece in The Athletic this morning because he talks about the fact that – you know, it's almost a, in, a, in a good spot that the NHL and the NHLPA were negotiating already on the new CBA. And, yeah. you know, we don't know how far apart they are. But the thing is, is that because of the the wide gulf that there's going to be in terms of escrow, terms of revenue, that a new CBA could spread out the deficit over the length of the deal, like say it's six years or seven years, instead of it all being one lump sum and then they, all the play, the players getting a 35% escrow for one year, they can negotiate the the spread out of the of the deficit over a number of years. It won't hit hurt them as much. And then if the if the if the NHL you know comes back as a main profit center like at the way they were doing before this, then they can just it, it'll pass quickly or it'll be a lot less painful than it was. Than well, it I'll say this: I'm reading from different teams now. You know, besides the workers in the buildings being laid off and being paid to a certain extent or some not being paid at all, that executives had, had to take massive cuts too. And we don't really talk about them. We were all talking about the workers and not every executive is a millionaire either. Yeah, let's, let's, you know, not all of them are former players, not all of them are even, you know, 50, 60 year old guys that have tons of money in the bank. So that's another thing now where people who, you know, work in the building, they're starting to lose jobs. So it's, yeah. it's getting real. No, it's definitely, it's definitely real. I mean, amazing. And I feel lucky to have a job. Same here. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, yeah, really it's, it's the bottom line. I mean, and, and, you know, everything's, everything's getting killed. I mean, we're getting killed site-wise, site-wise, you know, and stuff like that. So we're all going to have, everything's, everything is going to suffer. Um, hopefully it doesn't continue all that long, you know? And hopefully, and you know, for, for especially for the obviously for the people who are healthy, but also, I mean, it's it's an economic thing. Well, I, I just just to provide a little bit of levity before we start the show. I mean, the NHL uh, they sent out uh, some um, they sent out notifications yesterday. Of, uh, the, they had four players from like the Atlantic Division. The yesterday they did two conference calls on Zoom, yeah, uh, for like forty minutes, and the one had. Uh, John Tavares, uh, uh, Dylan Larkin, Brady Kachuk, and, and Zidane Ochara. And, you know, I mean, most of these guys, I mean, they, they sort of let their hair down a little bit, but uh, but Tavares is very, you know, he's a very smart very, guy and, and, and does not, you know, no, he, you know, he's just, I think he kept, keeps his cards close to the vest. And, and you know, he was asked the question, uh, John Delapino was doing the interviewing, and he asked, like, who would you want to be quarantined with? And he said Mitch Marner and Justin Hall because their personalities. And he wouldn't right. answer, he wouldn't answer who he wouldn't want to be quarantined. <laughs> when they when they came to Zidane O'Chara, um, he said I think Charlie Coyle and I can't remember the other player. But when he said uh, who he wouldn't want to be, it was Tuka Rask. And the reason he gave was because his farts smell. Hmm. And he says when he eats chicken wings, he his gas smells bad. So I mean. Zidane Ochara sort of got it. It's like, okay, you know, like he's, 
but who's gonna mess with Zdeno Char? Who's gonna like say, oh, you know, you can't say Nobody. that. Zdeno Char, I can kick your ass. So don't. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody is. I guess I should give the one bit of real hockey news before we start yeah. the show, since it's all reminiscent. Start the show and then let's give it right yeah, to the show. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um. What's uh? This. I go there. Okay. All right, ready. Um, the opposite way, but go ahead. It was it's the opposite. Anyway, we'll stay. We'll do this thing. Okay. Why not? Okay. Hello, Hockey World. It is Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. I'm Michael Agello, and I do not have Tuka Rask's problem. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Mecklen. And can we just cancel April Fool's Day this year, tomorrow? I mean, it's just, can we just do that? I mean, it just, yeah, it feels like it should be canceled. Well, it won't be, though. You know, somebody's going to well. do something. Um, but I'm Macklin. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. It's a podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. We do have a lot to talk about today. We actually have um, we actually have a, a, an official hockey signing, so let's start there. Russ, go ahead. Yeah, so Tyler Madden signs with the Kings. Now, remember, he was a Canucks draft pick, but he got traded in the uh, Toffoli deal. This is, again, I'm telling you, you could – I will use the words of a former president – you know, read my lips. In three years, they're going to be a playoff quality team. No new tackles. I just <laughs> no, now, the Kings did it wrong. The Kings have made some really good moves, um, and and they have some really good young players. And we even saw that actually, if you remember back when we were playing hockey, the Kings, oh, yeah. Kings were hot as hell. Like they were, they were flying, and they were um, they had won like what eight games in a row or something like that. They were yeah, they've got their young goalie. They've got a stream of young center. Yeah. You know, I watched Madden the last few years win bean pots in Northeastern. He he's a good player, man. He's fast. He's smart. Yeah. yeah, is he small and wiry? Yes. But you know what? He'll get stronger. But he knows how to play the game of hockey, and he could score. Yeah, right. they're not going to insert him in the lineup right away. I mean, no. they let him, uh, you know, let him right. open Ontario for a year or two and get stronger. But this is the thing that I I, I like about, and you know, like I said. I liked the deals from the from both sides that the Leafs and the Kings made. The the, the Kings got a first round pick for Muzzin. They got a second and a third mm -hmm. for Campbell and for Clifford. So this is what Mike Fuda and I can't remember the other the the, the guy who's uh, in their scouting area. Russ. Um, oh, um, yeah, Mark Yannetti. Mark Yannetti. Uh, this is what he has to work with the next two years in twenty twenty a one. Three twos, two threes, and a and two fours in 2021. A one, two twos, two threes, and two fours. That's pretty damn good. That's yeah. currency, man. Yeah, it's a lot of currency. You can do a lot with that, and because they, they have a lot of young players, as we talked about already. So right. One, one, last, one last quick thing on Sirius. We um, went back and reminisced about the uh, 2015 draft, and a couple of shows ago on Stick to Hockey, I, we brought that up as being tremendous and it's actually getting better but i went and looked at it was on it was on hockey buzz i gave you my top 10 at the time yeah for that draft and everybody wonders how guys fall and everything else and and you know at the end of the day my sum, summation was with that draft speed was good but they still valued size over speed even in 2015 yeah. you look at the picks and see that the leafs were the one oddball and I had Marner ranked eighth, which I think anytime you're within five picks of a guy ranking, you're in good shape. Sure. But I did say the Leafs were sort of like the oddball when they took Marner because they easily could have gone with Hannafin, Wierenski, one yeah. of those bigger defensemen, and everybody thought they would, and they didn't. They had the yeah. guts not to. 
That was that, that was purely Mark Hunter. That was over the protestations of Mike Babcock. He yep. wanted Hannafin. Yeah, yeah. And they, uh, now we have uh, breaking news here. Okay. Um, of course, coronavirus uh, connected. Uh, Darren Drager reports the NHL has extended the team's self isolation period to April fifteenth. So that's it's going to get extended beyond that too. Let's be realistic. Well, yes, yes, and no. I mean, I mean they may not do it, but they, you know, what I'm saying that they may yeah. not say we we're saying you have to do it, but just everybody is basically doing that. So there you go. Well, the U.S. is to the end of April, so I think that I think that we're safe to say we're at the end of April. Yeah, I think it's end of April, the earliest, just for them to be able to work out. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if I, think, I, I honestly think realistically we're not playing until July. And I think that that's, I, I don't think that that's a big deal. I think that's okay. Oh. I think you can still get this in in July and August and September. But I think that, uh, I think that's realistic. You know? I mean, here's what I wonder though. And I don't know if you guys have wondered this. So with WrestleMania going on at the WWE training center, mm -hmm. there are people there. There are players, you know, wrestlers touching other wrestlers. The NHL and all the other leagues are not even letting players come to the building and work out. Right. Yet they're marching through there on show nights and having a show. Now, maybe they only have a certain amount of people in the building when they're in there actually wrestling, but they're actually still doing it. It does make you wonder. It's well, really stupid. I mean, to be honest, it's just dumb on their part because you, you, it, it's just, you really, I mean, honestly, look at what's going on. You don't know. Even if you test these guys, you know, you could still have something. Right. It's like those guys who are wrestling. I mean, I'm sure they're being tested before they go out there. I would venture to. They get might be them. just doing the thermometer test, Eck. You know. Yeah. Well, I, they, no idea. You know, you have no idea who has and who doesn't have. I mean, it's it's, it's ridiculous, honestly. I I heard I heard uh, the the um, proposal that of having like all the teams centralized in one or two locations. Um, to like the NBA was talking about like having putting all the teams in Las Vegas. Right. Uh, place having the games played in one place well, when so, i said that you guys shot that down right, right, well, that, but there's only there's only one problem with that i am shooting it down there's only one problem with that how long will it take for them to play all those games you can only play three or four what are you gonna do play the play the games around the clock i mean you, you could <clears throat> no you but you can play I mean, like four games a day really you man. could play four games a day realistically the olympics and as an example let's say you're in chicago Let's just say they decide Chicago is a good place. They could have teams bust from two towns over. They don't all have to be in Chicago. Yeah. Right, but they, I, I, the idea here is sequester them away so they don't get sick. Right, right. That's the whole well, I mean, these – I mean, honestly, all right, so if we go back to my hotel days, this one's easily solved if you think about it. Bob Dylan once stayed at a hotel of mine, and – he asked for the entire floor to be vacated. Now, he didn't want to pay for the entire floor, which, of course, is a great trick by Bob Dylan, right? But my hotel caved, and they did it. So he basically had, like, a whole floor to himself. If you just give NHL teams a couple of floors to themselves, you can sequester them that way because hotels are not jam-packed right now. So I think that that's actually easy to do right now. Especially in a place like Vegas, obviously. Right. Yeah, if you did it in Vegas, as like plenty of hotels, plenty of. Florida. And then basically, you're playing the games with you're playing the games without crowds, but you're getting them done, and it's a product for TV. Well, it's something for people. It gives people something to look forward to. It does give some people something to look forward to, rather than what they're going to eat tomorrow or when's the next next hockey buzzcast. Exactly, which I know you guys are hanging on for dear life. So, um, let's start. Let's start into our uh, the NHLPA today. Did us a little favor, and they put out a little flavor layers ball. 
So we get to some NHL news, which is the NHL PA player poll is kind of fun because they have, um, you know, a good, uh, it, it's good to see what the players think of other players. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard to disagree with the players because they're the players, but I'm still going to disagree with them on some of these things. So we'll, we'll, uh, well, they're not going to be a hundred percent honest. Can we at least say that they're not? Yeah. 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 yeah they're not going to be hundred percent honest. We know that for sure. Um, thanks. Thanks to those that say they look forward to the buzzcast. We actually look forward to doing it too. So thank you very we much. Do. Appreciate that. It's really it's kind good of, for everybody. Yeah. It's fun. It keeps us going. Otherwise I don't know like what we would do. <laughs> here we go. So let's do the screen. Here's the screen. We're going to do a screen share here. This because the NHLPA. So the NHLPA's first question on this, on this uh, survey was the best forward players based, facing the best forward. Okay. Here would be our, here would be their answers. Okay. They came up with Connor McDavid. At a 68.3%, and that followed by Sidney Crosby, 14.4, Nathan McKinnon, 6, and Nikita Kucherov, Kucherov 3, basically roughly 3%, right? I don't there. understand why there's such a wide disparity. Like, yeah. honestly, I don't think McDavid should be that high. I don't. Yeah, I think it, I think him and Crosby should be closer, but I think the reason is, is – I think it should be like 60-40. Yeah, it's, it's because McDavid's on the ascent – and the per, the perception is Crosby's on the decline. Whereas I mean right. Crosby's older, I get it, but he's still great. It should be like fifty five thirty five based on it has to equal to hundred. Like I know someone's going to say something, but but it shouldn't be this wide apart because again, yeah. I get that McDavid is fantastic. He's fast. He's all of that, but he's proven nothing in the playoffs. When right. Crosby has proven everything, he's not and four and a half. He's not four and a half times better than Sidney Crosby. That's not yet. You know, and, and again, you know, I mean, I, I honestly think that Austin Matthews should be on this list. Really, I really do. But that's my opinion. Well, he, you can use the same argument that that Russ just made. He hasn't won anything. He hasn't he won anything. But I'm just saying, you know, but, right. you know, but I think I, he has to play a little longer. Act. He has to play also, a little longer. Players also are looking at just flat out skill. You know, the players looking at skill. Sure. And they and they respect for other players when they're out there, and they realize that Connor can do things. I think that a lot of players look at Connor and they say he can do things that I can't do, and I think that that really comes into play. Okay, but. Just to, uh, you know, people are now putting me in a position to defend Sidney Crosby, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> Please. I mean, when you play great defense, when you do other things like that, Sidney Crosby does things other players can't do, including McDavid. Right. Yeah. And Fun- Funky throws a name out there as Pasternak. I mean, how much yeah, more Pasternak- does that guy have to do? Does he have to do? I mean, I mean so I'm only going to disagree with the percentages there, but – but again, I, I and I would take Pasternak over Kucherov at this point. I think and, I would. And and where is his teammate, Drysital? Well, I mean, it just goes to show you they think a lot of Drysital. There's no question there. There's a nationality bias there built into this as well. Or like, or they think because like on the power plays, it's it's a lot of McDavid and he's taking some advantage. I mean, obviously Drysital could still do a lot, right. but you know, Sidney Crosby's not devoid of speed. He's not devoid of skill. He's not, I mean, if you watch him in a game, he still does crazy things, even at his age. I wonder if this is the younger crowd in the NHL, the younger players, just all saying McDavid, McDavid, McDavid. McDavid. I think or the fact that he's the highest paid player and they just associate that with being the best. No, player. I think it's the young crowd. I think it's the young crowd. I also think yeah. that they just, they just, they really just are really shocked by the things he can And Noah Vatchkin. Somebody else said right. Noah Vatchkin. Right. Right. All right, next up, their best defenseman. They Victor, the Victor Hedman wins this one. Um, over John Carlson, um, 37-21. And then other honorary mentions are Roman Yossi, Drew Doughty, which is kind of surprising. He drew, I don't think Drew Doughty is a great defenseman anymore right now, necessarily, and Brent Burns. 
this, these are the, these are guys still getting respect from their. From their I, th I think Drew Doughty's still a great defenseman. He's just on a a team that's rebuilding, so his quality sort of gets you know. I don't know. I've watched some games where Drew Doughty's been pretty bad. I mean, I watch a lot of Kings games because they're like the late game often, you know. And uh, I, I, I'm not saying he's not a good defenseman still, but to put him in the top five defense in the NHL right now, no, I think he I don't is. agree with Burns. I don't agree with Burns as a top five. I, don't I think, think Burns is the one that you could look at and say, yeah, I question it. I don't question Dowdy at all, especially if you want to talk about the late season surge with the Kings. Dowdy had a lot to do with it. He was putting up points. Uh, here's the problem. I don't think I can look at these two, the two leaders, and say that Hedman's better than Carlson. I really yeah, can't. That's a tough one. I think so at this point. I mean, Carlson had such a hell of a season this year. Um, but what a career, too. He really gets – Underrated his career too, no, but he is he's he's definitely he's definitely stepped up a couple levels. He 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 found a couple levels. I Seth Jones is a good name. I agree with you guys on that it one. It is a good name. That's a name that should be on here. Timothy Park puts that up in our chat room. Um, not Makari, but they're the young. Rookies. Get there, the rookies. Yeah, they're rookies. But um, but Hedman, Hedman, yeah. if I was to say who the best NHL defenseman is, I would definitely say Victor Hedman. I would I would I would definitely say it just because when you watch them play. Hedman is so crazy smooth. He really reminds me of like a better skating Chris Pronger, like Hedman. Mm -hmm. Like he just, he does, does, he's so freaking confident, so big. So, I mean, so just incredible in every which way. I mean, it's fine. Erickson, you know, I, I mean, you know, Carlson, Carlson now on this list is kind of interesting because Carlson's always been considered one of these. I think he's tailed off the last two years because the, yeah, I, mean, I bet he was on this list last year. I mean, he's, yeah, been, sure he was. he's been always, I mean, the NHL players always consider him high. And, and I think Carlson's kind of stepped up into his. Well, this Carlson has stepped up into the other girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's and, – and, you know, I'm not saying – nothing against John Carlson. I've loved him since he was in it. No, but can I, can I point something out? Carlson averages career more points per game. This year he's averaging more minutes than Hedman. He might even be doing it for his career. Yeah. He, I mean, the only thing they're going by here is Victor Hedman is big and he's imposing. And, yeah. yes, he has all those other things. Carlson's not big and imposing. But he does everything else Hedman does and better. Honestly, Hedman's terrific, but I'm telling you, Carlson's better. I'm not saying isn't, but I think I can see why players who play against him, okay. who are skating against him, you know, on the ice, say, you know, just, just think to themselves, this is like definitely, definitely the best, you know, best guy out there. Now, Eck, do you remember a couple of years after the draft, some people were calling Victor Hedman a bust? Right. It oh took, yeah, well, I remember. It took him three. It took him three years. It, it, strange, strangely enough, his career path in terms of his ascendancy to being a top defenseman is very similar to Pronger. Pronger, for yeah. the first two or three years of his career, when he was in Hartford before he got traded to St. Louis, was was looked upon as being a big disappointment. And then all of a sudden, you know, he grew into himself. He got experienced. He he had that hard edge to him, and he became the guy that we know now. Hedman, I mean, he didn't really bloom. I think Russ till that 2011 playoffs when Tampa Bay went to seven games with Boston. Yeah, I think that's right. But when you, but yeah, no, then he definitely, I mean, that was his moment to shine. But you, you, but watching him play, like he's, he's for several years now, he's, he's, he's been that way. And I mean, this next one is really kind of interesting. Actually, by the way, Carlson it, does have a little bit more ice time, average ice time, career lead over Hedman, too. There's nothing Carlson doesn't beat Hedman in. That's the crazy thing about all this. No, I know. And I think that not one category that I talked about. Well, not statistically, no, but I think, um, I don't know. Is this speed wise, it's pretty close. Pretty yeah, I think it's close. I mean, I'm telling you, I think the problem here is, and I think it happens with the players too. 
they're underrating John Carlson. Yeah, no, they are. They are. And if you do this next year, Carlson might take it. You know, like it, it's like a year. He's this is his first year that he's really been in that spotlight. You know that that. Yeah. I mean, because he's. You know the differences between Carlson and Hedberg this year. Oh yeah, yeah. There's this year. This year is tough. You know, just twenty. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, Carlson's having, having an unbelievable year. So that's like that's what it comes down to, right? So yeah. All right, next up we have uh, this. This one will really surprise you. The best goalie that they thought of. No, this is this is they have Carey Price at forty-one fifty-five. This is this is sort of like I I, I use this a as reputation a, one. Yeah, this is like the Gold Glove in baseball. Right? Yeah, like yep. this three three year three years after being the, the 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 best defensive shortstop or one of the best defensive shortstop, Ozzie Smith was still winning Gold Gloves when his range was gone and his arm was shot. Yeah. Oh, so that that's what I mean. I'm not saying Carey Price is shot. But I'm saying Carey Price is not the goalie he was three years ago. And when you act, when you had your column about the compliance buyouts, yeah. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be Carey Price if they do it. Uh, it would be stupid if they didn't. Yeah, well, it, it's a tough one on that one, but it, it could be. I mean, it, I it mean, could. honestly, how does Vasilevsky even beat out Flurry? That I don't get completely. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vasilevsky is crazy talented. He is crazy talented, but Mark Andre Fleury is a Hall of Famer, like we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the question is just who is the best goalie. So it's really they're just talking about right now in the NHL. Okay. The Carey Price is not the best goalie, and no. Sergey Bobrovsky this year is not in the top four. He's not anywhere. Right? Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think so either. I agree. All right, next one. This will this will get some people talking. Um, if you needed to win one game. Okay, who is the one player at any position you would want on your team? Here we go. So this 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 is asked to the players. You have to win one game. Who's the one player you want? And this is what they came up with. Here they here they take Crosby. <laughs> now Crosby's number one. This Over. is asked backwards because what this what this means is okay. That means that this player answering that question is the best player right now. This is the question that matters. Yeah, I would say. I mean, this is five hundred and eleven NHLers answered this question. Yeah, this is the question that matters. When the shit hits the fan, who do you want to be the guy? And yeah. everybody's still picking Crosby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carter Hutton. I like it. Thanks, Mikey. That's the one I want. <laughs> Carter Hutton. I will say this. It's nice. By, 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 the, by the way, I just have to mention this because Carter Hutton was central to this. I I think it's the NHL or some besides us. Somebody is doing replays or or doing uh, EA uh, NHL twenty uh, uh, games as if they were this actual schedule. And Mike Harrington yeah. uh, from the Buffalo News <laughs> tweeted tweeted out that uh, Carter Hutton had given up all seven goals in a seven two loss to whoever. And yeah. I my response was art imitates life because that's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, no, I mean that, that's not now. In this next one, who is the I most? Was, I was just gonna say, Eck, it's nice that they had Bergeron in there because yeah. I think that he does deserve some of that kind of credit for that. I'll bring it up here. The next one is who's the most most complete player? And again, they put Sidney Crosby here, Bergeron. <laughs> but then they go to Alex. Asinine, it truly is. Alex Barkov at seven, and that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's a that's huge, impressive. I I, I mean, think have for Barkov out there. It does. I think O'Reilly should be ahead of Barkov, but I like the list. Yeah, I mean Barkov. Barkov is scoring now. 
Like, because remember, a few years ago, it was a question of how good offensively he was going to be. The defense part of it was never part of the question. But now he's a Selkie Trophy consideration every year, and he's scoring. Well, let's look at it this way. As great as we think Bergeron is as an overall player, Crosby's still beating him by 20%. Right, yeah. That means Crosby pretty much is the dominant player of his era, and he still has yet to be dethroned for the most part. Well, and, and yeah. you know, Crosby has three cups and Bergeron has one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. That's a, that's I mean, not all on Bergeron, obviously. No, of course not. I'm not that, but I'm just thinking yeah. that as an illustration. You know, Riley has one. He's listed. Yeah. Now, next up is who's the game's best trash talker is the next one they had up. And yeah, uh, all right, let's see this. The liquor. Here we go. Um, Mr. Brad Marchand, 25. Yeah. The liquor. But then it goes to Drew Doughty. Yeah. Ryan Reeves and Patrick Maroon. But what's interesting is Patrick Maroon is at three percent. So basically the top three guys those are, are the real guys. Are those three guys are the guys that are trash talking like crazy? Now I know Flyers fans wanted to be connected for the eat up remarks and a few other things, but those are the leaders. There's no question. Interesting thing I want to throw throw that about this thing at NHL. NHL players are just like everyone else, right? They start off in the first the first one, who's the best forward? 556 people respond. Okay. Right. Next one, who's the best defenseman? 520 respond. Uh, next up, who's the best goalie? 515 respond. Um, now, who's the who's the best one player for one game? Uh, 511. Um, who's the most complete player? 507. Who's the best trash talker? 344. Their attention span is, is the NHL players with nothing else to do at all. Remember, these are guys. No, are getting- this was done before. This was done before. Act. This was done before. It was. Yes, they said it was done before the pause. Okay. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I thought, I thought, I so they're all suffering from attention deficit disorder. I just think that that's pretty funny. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, they are. It's just like completely because the next one has, uh, let's see how many people, the next three, three even goes down less. But okay. No, it goes up. Okay. Of all the players, past or present, who would you pay to see play? Um, it's an interesting one. Okay. So I'll put this up here. And this well, no, this, here's, here's the one I found. Here's the thing I find hilarious Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Make me sick. Uh, who's the game's best trash talker was Marchand at 25%. Who's the game's worst trash talker? Brad Marchand. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, well, whatever. All right, so. Oh, I missed that one. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, so the worst the worst trash talker, Marchand, and Dowdy again. So Now, Nick Cousins, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. I skipped over that one. So, Nick Cousins. And, and that, all that means is their jokes aren't as good as everybody else. Yeah. But then here we go. So here's Cros- here's Gretzky and Bobby Orr. Horse crap. Um, no, it's I, not horse crap. No, it's yeah, I, would, I would always pay to see Gretzky play. Uh, no questions asked. I'd Mike, pay, I'd, pay to see, I'd pay to see Gretzky lose. Okay, Mike, how many times did you see Bobby Orr play live? Live? Never. Why? Because I was eight or I was 11. <laughs> didn't you ask your dad to go see Bobby Orr play? I did that with Tom Seaver. My dad taught me, brought me to play, see him pitch. Yeah, yeah, well, you're you're luckier than I am. <laughs> ah, player's personality expressed. Well, hold on, Eck, I want to say one more thing. Mm-hmm. When Gretzky finally said, "You know what? This is it for me as a Ranger," how many people, me included, went and saw as many games as they could of his last ten games? No, I did. I saw tons of them, and in even even in his last last hurrah, I saw his last game in the in in Philly. 
I saw his last game in Philly. I was at that game when he scored his hundredth point against the Flyers. Yep. And even in that point, he still was Wayne Gretzky. He still had the, oh, he still the Wayne Gretzky, still yeah. the Wayne moves. He's still the Wayne Gretzky vision. It was, it was, that place was electric. I'm not disputing any of that. He's not as good and as impactful as Bobby Orr on this game. Now I'm going to tell you, I went and to, I saw him in New Jersey too, right? Yeah. I was able to get tickets and parking two tickets and two parking cheaper than I was able to get seats anywhere else on this Gretzky final tour. It was unbelievable how easy it was. Back then in New Jersey, you could really. I think the next one is interesting. Yeah. All right. Would you like to see players' personalities express on their equipment? And if so, how? All right. So um, 40% say they sh that they're expressed on their skates, 4% uh, on their sticks, 3% on their helmets. Well, I think skates is the way. I do. I, the funny thing is that nobody's going to notice the skates. Yes, they will. I, I don't think you, I don't think you can put it on the skates for the reason that it really could be confusing to goalies. Like I mean, honestly. Oh my God! Will you stop? No, I'm serious about that. There's no question about it. You that's get all. Not, that's not real. That is real. I, I tell you, like the skates. The the best thing that ever happened to skates was when when you know the bottom was I I played goalie before when we just had the you know the metal blades and then when right. you had the white like Bauer type blades. And the white blades were the best thing that could ever happen because, it, honestly, you picked up the puck better. It's yeah, just but most skates are black, so it's tough. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like it's easy to get a black puck mixed up with the you know what? Tough luck. We're not gearing the game towards goalies. Sorry. I'm just saying. That's my but, opinion. But, I, but, you know, it's like, okay, I, I wouldn't mind the helmets. I mean, the, all the goalies have different designs on their masks. Yeah, well, that's fine. Well, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with I agree with you on that one. Especially because it would also, it would also, it would further, I think a helmet's actually a good idea because it would further enhance it like when we, yesterday when we were talking about, you know, the, the era when players didn't wear helmets and there was something distinguishing about all of them. Sure. We'll have a distinguishing thing about a helmet with a player because, you know, people are definitely seeing that, you know, you can, you can well, I think the flyers still hold the record of guys who don't wear helmets. They have like four at least for warmups, but and yeah. you know what, if players want to express themselves, they could just get a face tattoo. Lee can't do anything about it. True. I would like to see helmets, though. I think helmets would be great. Everybody's looking like Mike Tyson. Right. Female hockey player in the world. Um, there is a tight one between um, between Marie-Philippe Poulain and Hillary Knight. See, um, now, all right. Here's the problem I have with this. I think there shouldn't be a tie. I think Poulain should be the winner. I do, too. Well, she's the winner. 39 to 36. There's no tie. No, it says close. It says close. Oh, close. Yeah. I think that's correct, but... It's interesting how Kendall Coyne, who is faster than all of them and has been getting a lot of the press lately, is still a distant third. I think Hillary Knight's great. I don't think she's that much greater than Kendall Coyne Schofield, though. Here's I don't. the thing about Kendall Coyne, and I actually talk – I have a couple of friends like you do, you do, Russ, who are like yep. – who are, who are female hockey players. And and, yep. and there was some – there was some – I mean, not like – for as much as everybody loved what Kendall Coyne did at the All-Star game, I hate to say, but there were actually there were actually players out there who were like, you know, they thought that it was like a lot. They, they wished that more. They were happy that the next year more players were more more female players were involved, because you know there was there's a there's a competitiveness between those guys. You no, know, no, like, I get it, but I think the only reason they had her in there the first year is because they knew secretly she was going to beat some of the guys. There was nobody else you could have put in that they knew could beat some of the guys. And if she would have failed miserably that first year, nobody would have been back the second year. No, I agree. I agree with that, but I still think there was a, there's a little bit of a backlash. And now this is, of course, this is being voted on by, by male, male hockey players. So I don't think that this is like, has anything to do with that. 
But okay. but I mean, I like the list. It's a good like list. too. Now then, notice there's no goalie. Notice there's no goalie on the list. There is some off ice questions, which is interesting. Um, like you didn't want to comment on that. There's no goalies. I, yeah, well, there aren't. There are no like. There are no like dominant goalies right now. Like that to the level of that there have been in the past. Some with some of the goalies in, in women's okay. hockey. You know, I mean, I think uh, that's my opinion at least. Um, off ice, uh, would you be in favor of relaxing the dress day code similar to the NBA? Seventy-three percent. 73% said they would be. Now, under, explain the dress code rest between the differences between the NHL and the, and the NBA because I'm a little confused by it. The NBA players can basically wear a track sweatsuit. Yeah. Where everyone, the NHL players have to come in and Not like whatever a, they want. I think it's like a sweatsuit or a suit. I think it's they have a choice of like those things where the NHL players clearly don't have a choice. Right. The NHL players come in come into the arena, as you see on Hockey Night in Canada all the time, off the bus wearing a suit with a tie with, with slacks, like, a, you know, like uh, dressed up. I think they can at least relax it to the point where if they want to wear a sweatsuit, let them wear one. Who cares? I like, I, I'm, I'm totally against this. I like I like the, that the NHL holds it holds himself to a higher standard. You don't even do it. You're wearing a rugby shirt. Nobody wears rugby shirts anymore. Uh, you've seen me in the press box. <laughs> I show up to the games always you dressed do. up. No, no, you I do. Probably- I'm not. I don't. I'm I not. Admit, one of them. I, I used to show up that same way. I have slacked a little. I wear. Yeah, I, I still think my my kids are like funny about it. They're they're they because they, the reason I did it early on was because I, as a blogger, I wasn't being taken seriously anyway. Right. So I'm I'm gonna and I told Mike this. I told all my bloggers who are who are credentialed. I said, you know, we have to look ab- above and beyond. Like we have to look completely and utterly professional all the time. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, 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 I went out and I went out and I bought myself four different corduroy jackets yeah 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 all the mcgray no. Um, <laughs> I, no but i have a for my website i could buy second somebody to cover an nhl event i say look you've got to wear khakis it's got to be really nice sneakers or shoes and it's got to be a collared shirt of some sort yeah yeah i mean and then things have changed of course you know but yeah. the nhl's gotten there's so many bloggers quote unquote people not dressed up in the press box now but you definitely have to have a college shirt on. Obviously, if it's a female reporter, which I've sent, I don't say you have to wear khakis. Obviously, no, no. I have had to tell some female reporters to to dress down that, like in, in the early days, and now that's changed too. So, yeah. Uh, who's the funniest player in the NHL? The NHL uh, players think Keith Yandel is, which is really that. This is kind of cool. This this to me is like was like a surprise, kind of out of nowhere thing, because I don't really. I, I mean, I know I don't. And Drew Dowdy's on here is second. Obviously, Drew Dowdy and Brad Marchand. Dowdy is hilarious. People find them really funny. People find Phil Ke- Phil Kessel comes in fourth here because he's odd. He's yeah. odd and funny. Yeah. But to Phil's credit, he has he's taken on the oddness of him and like and like owned it. Yes, he has, and that's what I think people respect about him. Like he he hasn't. A lot of players could have gotten really weird with it, and he says he doesn't just he just doesn't do that. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a contest. I have a contest, right? And if I could if I if I could interview Phil, I would tell him this. If you ask the average hockey fan or even good hockey fans and us, media, name five things you know about Phil Kessel, I think you'd stop short at like three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He likes hot dogs. He's a country music fan. My favorite Phil Kessel moment was – He has a dog. (laughs) My favorite Phil Kessel moment was during the USA training for the Olympics in Sochi. Um, And I went to that. That was my favorite quick moment happened the same same day. But my favorite Phil Kessel moment was he was getting – at that point – they, Pete was getting ripped apart. He was, I think he was in. I, mean, I guess he was in Toronto. He's still in Toronto, yeah. Yeah, and he and he was he's, he was very used to getting terrible press and all that stuff. Um, and and the the Olympic training thing was being held at like a 
at a twin rank, you know, like a twin practice rank somewhere, I think in Vir down by Virginia. I want to say maybe the Capitals practice facility. I think it was the Capitals. Oh, yeah. And Kettler. Yeah. Yeah. It was Kettler. And, um, and so, so we're in there and during one of the breaks, you know, we were waiting to interview the guys. You, we saw Phil Kessel playing like st playing street hockey or like floor hockey out with a bunch of the kids who were waiting to go on themselves. Yeah. He was just out there playing it and having a blast and cracking up. And they thought it was so cool that he was playing with them. They just loved it. Yeah. But conversely, anytime we went to a playoff game in New Jersey in the old arena and you had to walk through the family room to get to the elevator and all those kids were playing hockey and they didn't stop when you walked through, it was annoying. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, I know, but I just, remember that? that was annoying. But I just liked, I just liked the fact that Phil Kittle got down. He didn't. And what was cool about it is you could tell he just didn't want to talk to us. Like he wanted to, he'd rather right. be playing street hockey with them. And that was his way of doing it, which you I told him. to say about Marshawn, yeah. there are times when he's hilarious, but I don't like the moodiness of him where he's he, he's disingenuous in an interview and he goes, no, no, no. And then like he says, nothing bothers him. Then he posts the picture of the Stanley Cup. Like it's like that kind of stuff. You could have said something funny in the interview if you wanted to, but you were moody and you didn't feel like it. True, 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 true. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see the uh, best bromances in the league. <laughs> It's pretty funny. All right. So David Perrin and Ryan O'Reilly. Connor O'Reilly is big. That's a big one. Yeah, I think it's up there. Uh, Joe Thornton and Brett Burns. That's massive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that looks like the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm surprised Austin Matthew and Mitch Marner didn't get higher because that's a good one. Well, they're close. And that is a good bro, yeah, man. Close, yeah. Uh, Matthew Kachuk and Drew Dowdy. I didn't know about that one. That that's that's not a bromance, that's a war. That's more of a war, right? Um I think uh, Jamie Ben and Tyler's again, that's a good one. Um, and Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron. You know what there's not on here, which is kind of interesting, which I always found to be one of the biggest ones that I covered was um, Kane and Taves. I mean, I don't think it's that way anymore. Actually. Maybe it has changed more, but um, I think that's changed. I think there's been, I don't want to say they don't get along because they do. I don't think they're as tight as they once were. Yeah, they must not be. I mean, early on when I, when we did the Olympic, when I did the Olympics in 2010 in Vancouver, yeah. Kane and Taze were just ripping on each other all the time. And they were throwing yeah. opposite teams and they would find each other and there were interviews happening and stuff like that. And if Kane was being interviewed, Taze would be sneaking in the back or whatever. They were just completely loving it. I will tell you this. I think Jamie Ben and Sagan should be higher because at the winter classic, when they interviewed together, it was magic. Like these guys, yeah. like they, they do like making fun of each other and it's, there were some good times there. That's there pretty were. good. Uh, who's the best follow on social media? Um, I'm surprised. I was surprised. You know, I guess Rivera Luago is no longer considered in the NHL. Yeah, he's no longer considered. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, and he, and he, denied, he denied the connection to Strombone one yeah. until after. Right. Um, but PK Subban gets the top list on this. Well, he should. He's. I think he is number one. I love Ovechkin's number two because he doesn't always engage. Like once in a while, he'll pull up a picture of what's going on in his life, or you know his or his wife or something, but he always puts on his workouts and I always watch his workouts. And Brad Marchand gets 4% for only trolling Toronto fans. Cause that's all he does. <laughs> I like Brett Burns actually. He's another good one to follow on social media. Really? I didn't know Domi was that good. I'm going to follow Domi. Yeah, I didn't know he's that good either. Um, which player well, is okay, sorry. Sorry. One thing about Max Domi, and I've seen this more than a few times. If there are kids around, he goes right up to the kids and starts talking to them. And talking hockey to him, he's really great with kids. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, which player is on social media but should be? Okay, so uh, Sidney Crosby. There we go. Interesting. He'll never do it. He won't, and I don't blame him. There's actually nothing to be gained by him doing it either. I, I think it would probably be the most boring follow because he, you know, he he embraces his boredom. 
Yeah, he'd be like, here's he likes, me. He likes to stay away from the spotlight as much as he can, for sure. They'll have like him and McKinnon at the under the Cole Harbor sign. Like, that's right. That's ex exactly. It's like, that's like, it's like having Derek Jeter on social media. Derek Jeter would be the most boring follow right. out there because he doesn't want to say anything controversial, and neither does Crosby. Yeah, because yeah, he's so afraid to. I mean, Sydney, Sydney very well knows his he represents the whole NHL when he talks. And he's now, now Joe Thornton, I think, should get on there because we get more of the you know, if I score four goals, I'm gonna I'm gonna skate around naked thing. You know that that's what we're gonna yeah, hear. That was Joe's a funny, really laid back guy, though. I don't think I don't think he would like social media at all. I'm he won't like it. I'm not surprised he's not on there in one bit. You know, like to me, it's. And I can tell you, Bo Meester doesn't even talk. Like, why would he want to be on social media? And Ennis is a really, really interesting one for them to choose. I mean, Tyler Ennis. I guess I guess this shows he's just really entertaining. Tyler is a very funny guy. Players think he's super funny, and then they put him in, on there. Um, in one year in Toronto, he was like the. You know, he he developed a lot of friendships with guys like Matthews, and he was yeah. very well liked in that locker room. And like a book of J. Bowmeister quotes, it's like four pages long. I know. He's, he, I, my first time I met him was the rookie nice guy. Oh yeah, but the rookie, but the rookie thing that I where I, I met Bowmeister um, as a rookie when they brought the rookies around before the draft. Yeah, at, at the NHL, like one of the first, um, maybe the maybe the first uh, NHL Stanley Cup I ever followed. I ever covered. I mean, I'm thinking it might have been that, like that Carolina Edmonton one or whatever it was. And um, they brought Bo Meester in, and I, I had a really, I had a, I had the longest talk with him. And to this day, I still kind of keep in touch. He's, he's, he's such, he was really, um, to me, just absolutely, absolutely a super nice guy. And we talked forever about how much he wanted to play EA. Like he, he couldn't wait to, like, he, his biggest thing was, I can't wait to see myself, like, on, like, NHL, on the, in the EA NHL game. I just wanted to see that so badly. He wanted to see himself. So I've been making myself for years. Like I've been creating myself as a player for years. Um, I mean, all right. I, told you, I, I think he scored his first assist at, at Madison Square Garden. And I interviewed him after the game. And, I'm, and I and I was like, hey, Jay, you got your first assist. It's Madison Square Garden. You know, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> he is definitely I, – I, I mean, at that point when I was talking to him, it was one, probably one of the first times he ever had to do that kind of media interview. And it was yeah. one First times I had ever done that media interview with a rookie, so I think we both were kind of just kind of like having a good time with it. Um, all right, the Tom Thomas Tuna Tatar. I did not realize that was his name at all. I didn't realize that was Nick. I, I mean, I knew we. I never, I, never, I never heard that one. We all know um, our Temi Breadman Panarin, but I also didn't know Christian Stinky Fisher. <laughs> well, see, I mean, this is the thing. I have noticed this uh, that. Hockey players normally have the worst nicknames. It's not even it's it's always it's a guarantee. You know, Matthews is Maddie. Uh Mitchie for Mitch Martin. It's yeah, like I, I think I think that is their their inherent um lack of wanting to mock each other. Like uh, you know like I mean they'll mock the, the hockey players are funny cuz they will they will rip on each other endlessly. When it comes to like stupid little things that someone does in the locker room before the game or whatever, they'll they'll take take each other apart with that. But when it comes to nicknames, nicknames in hockey are like something that you're going to be talked something you're they're going to call for you on the ice. They're not going to have like a stupid name. No, but we could always figure them out. Like you know, Wells is going to be Wellsy. Like it's yeah. just, guys, just get more creative. Riles, yeah. Riles for Riley, Gardner oh, yeah. no. for Gardner. They're Muzzy. I know. Just get more creative. Uh, all the names on this one because obviously there's there's like the NHLPA like 76 percent were other than these four you know so we have a ton of right obviously it's the best golfer among the players like people are going with Joe Pavelski yeah I had no idea 
Yeah. He had a lot of experience early in his career. Uh, Tyler. Craig McKegg, though. Good for him. Craig McKegg, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's awesome. No, that's really good. And Tyler Bozak had a lot of had a lot of uh, practice time too. Since little, the little known fact, if you go to my Facebook page or Twitter, Greg McKegg is the only Leaf I've ever taken a picture with. Really, Leaf draft pick. Leaf draft pick. Yes, <laughs> that's interesting. Yep. I mean, who's the best hockey um, hockey golfer ever? Though was it Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn was like really really good. Remember, Ronick, Ronick is great. But Quinn didn't Quinn like actually play in like some tournament? Some, no, some they all play in like programs. programs. Yeah, that's no, but Quinn, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe I remember. I remember Dan Quinn being pretty amazing at it. I know the best best baseball golfer was Rick Roden. All right, so here's in 2009, Golf Digest did their 150 best athlete golfers. Top three: number one, Grant Fuhrer; number two, Brett Hull; number three, Jeremy Roenick. So for hockey, okay. Those were the top hockey guys. Mark Savard was the fourth in hockey. I don't know where they ranked. And and they all love the beverage cart. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, none of them. Yeah, I mean, I, Brett Hull to this day, my favorite memory of Brett Hull is sitting next to him in the press box and watching him eat four buckets of popcorn during the <laughs> Like, I, I've never sat like any, you know, he went and got popcorn and it was like his, his around him was just like a popcorn graveyard. At the Stanley Cup last year was unmatched. Well, we did. Oh, we did. We didn't mention him. We didn't right. remember the Brett Hull stuff when they were showing him on camera last year at the Cup. Yeah, we didn't mention it when when the Stanley Cup parade happened. But he apparently made a complete and utter ass of himself at the at the Stanley Cup parade. He was singing the song Gloria, and he was a, a little bit inebriated because it was incoherent. Let me tell you something about Brett. Since I've met Brett and Bobby, right, and and Bobby, like he was a lot of fun. He took his teeth out in an interview. Um, <laughs> Brett, you wouldn't know that this guy is a tremendous athlete, no, one of the best in his sport, one of the best ever. If you talk to him, he talks to you like a regular guy. Yeah, no, he's he great. He's super down to earth, and he's a, he's a great guy. He really is. He really let his hair. He really let his hair down. He really got into the celebrations with it. Well, I mean, I, I got to tell you, he oh, wasn't. God, you know, like one chance to do that. Why not? Like in my opinion, he wasn't the only one. I mean, I there were a lot of. So no one can make an official ass themselves during a during a during a victory parade. I mean, to me, that's like the Mulligan Day of the year. I mean, I was talking to Keith Kachuk when I left Game Six. We all thought St. Louis would go in there and win and win in St. Louis, and it'd be a great story. And they get blown out. And Keith Kachuk was as bothered by it as anybody, as any current player. But he also said, "You know what? I still think we're going to win. I would have just liked to see it happen here for the fans. Yeah, they're so great. Yeah." And that's why their their former players still hang on and follow the team like that because they wanted it for the fans so badly. No, absolutely. I mean, and Keith is Keith is Keith is a fantastic guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's like he's he's completely completely down to earth and one of the one of the nicest people. Like to Eklund, to, as my like persona with Eklund early on was just one of the super nicest guys to me. Yeah, and was just a blast um yeah we didn't get to some of our greatest uh players of all time today um we're going to though we have we are our next two teams are working on our winnipeg and uh and washington so we will get to them because we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot more time this week of course to talk um and we're gonna have some more guests coming in as well um remember if you if you enjoy the hockey buzzcast at all if you do feel like it's helping you get through your day and i know a lot of you do and a lot of you do support us already but if you don't support us get a friend to support us um you already do. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash hockey and uh, put a, you know, you can put five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever. It, it, it all helps a ton. It makes us, it makes, you know, especially during this period of time, 
when uh, you know it's harder and harder to uh, to keep keep everything going. Uh, we would well, really- gonna, at some point we're going to get heavy into the draft deck because I'm heavy into it. Yeah, I think the draft has got to, and this is the off season, so I think the draft is going to. You know, we're not going to have a lot of time. There will be a draft, regardless if there's a season or not. Yeah. There will be some sort of draft. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, folks. <laughs> <laughs> folks, folks in here said Alan Walsh will donate. Oh, he's already donated enough. Trust me. <laughs> he's donated plenty for his he's, lifetime. He's donated a, a block on Twitter, which is great for me because I don't have to see his stupid, ta- stupid. He blocks t- you too, huh? He blocked me. Oh yes. Wow. I don't think he blocked me. So there you go. He blocked me because I called him out on the Merrick Wyshynski podcast eight years ago for being the reason for the lockout. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that'll, that'll definitely do it. Yeah, you can get blocked for way less than that, Mike. That you really, you really did a good. That that that's a serious blocking thing. But man, there are way better. I mean, I got I got retroactively blocked by him. That was the funniest thing ever. Like he had announced he was on Twitter, and then like. Yeah, Within a minute of that, I went to follow him on Twitter, and I was blocked before he had like a hundred followers. I, I said only a man with because he because Alan Walsh tweets every minute of the day, and I said only a man with guilt in his heart tweets every moment of the day. Oh yeah, yeah, and man, if I could ever tell my Alan Walsh story, I can I could sell it too. I could sell. I it mean, too. I'm going to go so far as to say I just saw a tweet of his, like he's like, here are some games that the NHL should show, you know, while. You know, we're on this break, and it's like now he's a master of programming, too. I think this is part of the problem with Alan. I take his advice on that because they've already shown uh, already shown Boston, Toronto, game seven in 2013, three times in two and a half weeks. Yes, I know. They just, they, just want to, they just want to hurt Mike badly. They just want to. Sons of bitches. They just want to hurt you badly. Um, I will not tell the Alan Wall story. Nope, you got to get me really. You have to get me drunk, and I don't drink. So there you go. You have to give at least a thousand dollars a month for Patreon. Yeah, yes. If, if you donate a thousand dollars, I will call you up and I will tell you the Alan Wall story. <laughs> there you go. I'll personally, call you and tell you the story. I promise you. Um, but otherwise, I, I will take it to my grave, and it's something nice to hang over his head, actually. <laughs> so I like not telling it because it's because I know it and he knows it, and he knows if I ever tell it. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Breaking news. Okay. What? Lindsay Lohan has a single out. Let's hear it. Hold on. No, no. let's not. No. Nope, we're doing it. Okay. <laughs> Remember, without the buzz. <laughs> oh, she's not going to play it. She's just showing video. All right. It's just One a team. Alan Walsh called me when I was at. No, anyway. No. What is this, Mama from Genesis? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was doing my little fireside story for you guys. Okay, ready? Remember, without the buzz. It is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.